0: Welcome to Worship in the Word with Generations Church of Granbury. You are invited to stay tuned for the next 59 minutes to enjoy some inspiring music from one of Hood County's wonderful congregations as well as an encouraging message from the Bible. The songs you're about to enjoy are from the Generations Church worship team led by Pastor Shake Anderson with the Gen Praise Band and on special occasions, some great guest musicians.
1: Later on in the broadcast, you may hear a proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, along with some teaching from the Bible with Pastor Alan Mata or another Generations Church leader for special guests. So without any further delay, welcome to Worship in the Word with Generations Church. Jesus went to Calvary, to save a you and me, that's love, that's love Jesus went to Calvary to save a life. you and me That's love, that's love yeah, Jesus, went. Jesus went to Calvary Sable is like... Check this out. But that's not how
2: Tony Evans, and I'm excited and passionate about the message of Kingdom Man. I want the men front and center. Not because the women aren't critical, they are, but because God has called the men to lead His covenant, and the church is the new covenant of God. We're growing weak men in the culture because we're not developing them in the family and then in the church, and so they're creating a mess in society. Because what we're going to find out is when you do your own thing and you're not submitted to Him, You may get to eat the fruit, but you lose the freedom. You lose the blessings and benefits that come from being a kingdom man. This study is designed to show men what their lives look like when all of life is operating under the comprehensive rule of God, under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You go home as kingdom men. You say, God has already instructed me. As for me and my we will serve the Lord. Under this rule, This is how we roll.
0: So come join us, men. Have you found John chapter 1 yet? The Lord willing, this next season of my life, I'm going to be preaching through the book of John every Sunday, unless he leads otherwise. We may take deep little detours here and there. So, Let's begin by diving into the book of John today, reading the first 14 verses. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. Thank You that You are the Word. We pray that by Your Spirit You would enable us to deliver a word today. In Jesus' name, amen. The Gospel of John was written by one of the 12 apostles. It's the fourth and last biography of Jesus in your Bible. It's the last one to be written. And believe it or not, it was written after Revelation and after 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. It was written towards the end of his life. He was the only one of the 12 to have died a natural death, to have died of old age. Uh, They tried to boil him in oil once, and it didn't work. So they sent him and exiled him on an island called Patmos for a while. And it was after that exile um, that he uh, began to minister in the churches. And so he was one of the last surviving eyewitnesses of the ministry of Jesus. Uh, You know what they call being boiled in oil? What's that called? Deep frying. Is that why priests are called friars? I don't know anyway. The apostle and lawyer Matthew wrote his gospel for the Jews, beginning with Christ's genealogy, proving him to be of the lineage of David, who was promised a descendant who would reign forever. In his 28-chapter book, numerous times, Matthew points to prophecies in the Old Testament that Christ fulfilled. It says again and again here and there that it might be fulfilled, that it might be fulfilled. The book of Matthew is the best of the four gospels for preaching about the kingdom of God. It's a masterpiece, It may be one of my favorite books in the Bible. The Gospel of Mark, 16 chapters long, was written for the common man, written by John Mark, the nephew of Peter, the young man that ran naked uh, away from the scene where Christ was being arrested. They grabbed him, a hold of his clothes, and he just came out of his clothes and took off. He's the young man that Paul said wasn't fit for ministry to the point that Paul split uh, his ministry team up and let Barnabas take John Mark because John Mark was so immature, and he took Silas, and the ministry continued. And yet, aren't you glad, even though we may be immature, God can qualify us and change us? It's not the end of the story. And so later on, Paul saw that he was good and spoke praise of him, and I'm sure he apologized. Luke's account, named after Luke, was written for the Gentiles. So he includes the Lord's genealogy going all the way back to Adam. Being a physician, he recorded more healing miracles than any of the other gospel writers. This book segues into Luke's account of the history of the early church, known as the Acts of the Apostles. And here, this book, named after the writer, inspired by the Holy Spirit to write, John, the son of Zebedee, and brother of the first apostle to be martyred, also named a son of Zebedee, James, he wrote his gospel to strengthen the faith of believers. Written in simple language, it is good to recommend for new believers and old believers to read. At the age of 90, John penned these 21 chapters during a time when the last eyewitnesses of Jesus' ministries were dying off from persecution or old age, tempting many in the coming generations of the church to begin embracing false concepts about who Jesus was and is. So he wrote his book to establish who Jesus was and who he is. Being the last surviving member of the original apostles, John penned a lot about Jesus' identity, starting with his preexistence. In the beginning was the word. In the coming weeks, the Lord willing, I hope to preach through this book, passage by passage, so that we may know that we know that we know and be reminded who he is. Because out in the world, outside of the covenant community that Christ has established in the world are all kinds of theories. Uh, A bunch of eggheads got together, guys with more degrees than a thermometer, got together and hosted what they called the Jesus Seminar and came up with more theories than you can shake a stick at about who Jesus really is. This book establishes that he is, that there really was a Jesus. And so this series, I'm going to title it, Jesus Is, A Journey Through John's Gospel. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. John here in this fourth gospel starts off by saying that Jesus is the Word and the Word was made flesh. It's the word logos that he uses in the Greek which means logos. Uh, language, means logic, it means reason, it means a way of live, living, it means something that has meaning. And this is the same word that an earlier Greek philosopher around 500 B.C. named Heraclitus used to convey his thoughts on the, meaning, the meanings of life. He'd say the Logos is true, the Logos is this, the Logos is that. And you can find things that Heraclitus had to say Things like you can't step in the same stream in the same place twice. Uh, Everything changes, nothing remains the same. Uh, Some things that are popular in the world today. Some theologians have assumed that when John wrote his book, he used the word logos in an attempt to be culturally relevant. To fit Jesus into the categories of Greek philosophy. I do not agree. Instead of just being mere thoughts about the meaning of life, the Logos John is thinking about isn't a bunch of thoughts. The Logos is the thinker. The Logos is Jesus Christ who is life. Rather than just the meaning of life, Jesus is our life. He is our philosophy. He is the Logos. More than enlightenment, he is the light. He is a person. French anthropologist René Girard is quoted as saying that her Heraclitus thought that life was about killing. No wonder, John wrote, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Today I would like to speak about Jesus is. Watch this. Who do you say Jesus was? I have no idea. Who was Jesus?
1: Gosh, I have to start with, I'm not sure. Who was Jesus to you? Some guy. Actually, I don't believe in Jesus. Not really sure exactly who Jesus was. I think Jesus was uh, was a was kind of a cool guy back in his day. Who was Jesus to you? <laughs> I think I'm done. I don't like to talk about it. I'm a spiritual person, but I'm not religious. Who do you think Jesus was or is? Uh, Jesus was a historical figure.
0: I believe that Jesus Christ was a man who had an extraordinary ability to link in with the Creator. I think he was a definitely someone that people, you know, a good role model. I I do think he had a lot of great ideas.
1: More or less he was just a prophet, which is just a messenger of God.
0: Sort of a revolutionary in
1: his day. Jesus was an amazing man. I don't believe he's God's son. I just believe he's a person. As to his, like, godlike quality, I'm not totally sold on that. You think he was a prophet? And would, see, I'd have to be a Christian to really believe that. Jesus was the Messiah for some people, and for some people, he wasn't. I'm not necessarily sure if Jesus was the Messiah or a prophet, but in either case, he was somebody that spoke the Word of God. He was equal portions of of human and, uh, and that energy that is God.
0: People said he was sent by God. Well, no one. God doesn't send him down, you don't go on up. <laughs> I mean, you. He linked in. I mean,
1: I do believe in Jesus in the sense of, like, yeah, I believe in Jesus. That I'm, I'm not saying that he, he didn't exist or anything of the sort, but the fact that, um, I mean, I necessarily don't go and uh, pray to Jesus. Who was Jesus? Uh, Jesus is the son of God.
0: Jesus was the son of God.
1: I believe Jesus is the son of God who came to save us all from our sins.
0: Jesus was a savior. who
1: died for our sins and cleaned us made us pure enough to enter God's glory.
0: The um, only way you can get to heaven, who do you think Jesus is?
1: Um, who do I think he is? I, I don't think he's who he was. I think he still is Jesus, so he's not gone or anything. You know. I guess embodied technically he is, but he's still here. The
2: Jesus story sort of borders on history and myth for me, um, but I don't believe that it could have permeated our culture so fully and for so long if there was nothing to that.
0: I love that girl. Welcome to Jesus Is, a journey through John's biography of Jesus. Today I would like to speak on Jesus is God. Can we say that? Jesus is God. Not to be swayed by the unstable opinions of popular culture today, I want to go on record for boldly declaring the truth that Jesus is Lord, and he is God. Contrary to what certain cults teach, the Bible says that Jesus is God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Um, Some have inserted was a God, but it's not there in the original language. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Came to his own. His own did not receive him, but to as many as did receive him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Jesus is God. Can we say that? Now, in describing God, we describe him as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Looks like three, doesn't it? Father is one. The Son is one. The Holy Spirit is one. If you add three ones together, you get three. But if you multiply them, you get one. That's the mystery of the Godhead. Jesus was God who became man. He was with God, and yet he was God. In the very beginning of the Bible, we see the Father, the Word, and the Spirit present at creation. In the beginning, God. The first four words of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This tells how he did it. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, see we have God, now we have his Spirit, was hovering over the face of the water. So here we have a void world, a darkened world, being hovered over by God's Spirit. Then God said, there's the word, let there be light, and there was light. Psalm 119, talking about God's word, says the entrance of God's word brings light. The light that's in the world coming from the the sun, the star we call the sun, is a representation of the light that God brings to us. We don't worship the sun as a star, but we worship the Father, Son, and the Spirit as our light. The Bible says that in heaven, the Lamb of God is the light. So Jesus is God. And we see him present here when God began to speak. The word said, let there be light, and there was light. John wrote in his first letter that there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. Can we say one? These three are one. There's the Father, there's the Father's Word, there's the Father's Spirit. There's God the Father, and there's God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All the same God. If, you, if I had it on the screen, well, let's just write the word God one time, and then beside that word God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. That's how I see the Godhead. And so the Word of God was made flesh and began to be known by man as the Son of God. And yet, according to John's Gospel, with the very first verse, the Word of God that was made flesh preexisted His birth in Bethlehem. He preexisted. As God, He has always been. You see that? As God, He has always been. So we've seen Jesus to be the Word of God, and the Logos was made flesh. And He, by the Holy Spirit, wrote those words. So God, through His Spirit, inspired John to write what he wrote, just declaring who Jesus was. Now, if someone comes knocking on your door, And tells you that Jesus is not God, ask them this question. If I can show you in the Bible where God calls the Son God, will you change your beliefs? And chances are they'll say, the Bible doesn't say that. So you have to be firm. Now, answer my question. If I can show you in the Bible, where God calls the Son God, would you change your beliefs? And finally, after a few minutes, they will finally say, yes, but it's not in there. Say, so let's go to Hebrews chapter 1. And stay with it, like a bulldog. Don't, don't let him say, yes, but, and take you on a rabbit trail. Just stick with the passage. Hebrews 1 says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets. Establishes, this is God. Has in these last days spoken to us by his son. So, this God, in the first word in Hebrews 1, is the Father. Has spoken to us by prophets and spoken to us by his son, which is Jesus. You with me? Whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he made the worlds. This lines up with what John chapter 1 says all things were made by him who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power. So we know Jesus is the express image of God's person. He says, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He was God manifested in the flesh. And we know that not only did He make all things, but He sustains all things. When He had by Himself purged our sins, so this is talking about Jesus, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. This is talking about Jesus being given the position of authority, having become so much better than the angels. So this this addresses the concept that Jesus is just an angel. He's so much better than the angels. As he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Okay, you with me? So this is the father talking about the son, spoke to us through his son. For to which of the angels did he ever say? And here's the father speaking. And he's about to say things that he does not say to angels. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. This is either the day that he rose from the dead or the day the word was made flesh. All right. And again, I will be to him a father. This is clearly the father, right? And he shall be to me a son. That's clearly Jesus. We're just talking about eight verses in Hebrews chapter one here. But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, Christ is called the firstborn of creation because he was a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He was predestined before God ever made this planet. He's a firstborn into the world. He preexisted everything as God. He says, let all the angels of God worship him. So, if Jesus is an angel and he's not God, then here's God the Father telling the angels to worship someone who's not him. This is idolatry, unless Jesus is God. All right? And of the angels, he says, he talks about the angels, who makes his angel spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. All right? So they are supernatural beings. But to the Son he says, Your throne, O oh God, is forever and ever. Your throne, O oh God, is forever and ever. He is worthy of being worshipped as God because he is God. He's God of the heavens, he's God of the earth. He's God of the <laughs> God of the stars, God of the universe. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. Jesus is king. And the day will come when every language, every knee will bow and people in every language will confess, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. So we've seen that John by the Holy Spirit declares Jesus to be the word who was God and who was with God and the Word being made flesh. We see here the writer of Hebrews through the Holy Spirit declares what the Father says about His Son, that He is God. Now, let's see what John said that Jesus Himself says in His book of Revelation. Here's Jesus speaking. You can check the context. It's Jesus speaking. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord. Who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. We say Almighty. I, John, both your brother and companion, in the tribulation and patience and kingdom of Jesus Christ, was on the island that was called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the omega, the first, and the last. In Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, in the Hebrew language, uh, the the Hebrew language has so many letters that also work as numbers. Their letters also work as punctuation. To emphasize something as being very important, you punctuate it, With the first and last letter. Of the Hebrew alphabet. So literally it says. In the beginning. God. Aleph and Tav. The first and last letter. The A and the Z. Created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning God. Alpha and Omega. Here Jesus is declaring. Himself. To be the first. And the last. The Alpha. Alpha. And the Omega. He is God. You recognize this man, he's gone home to be with the Lord. His name is Walter Martin. He wrote a book called The Kingdom of the Cults, became quite an apologist for the faith, addressing various theories that um, most of which dealt with the deity of Jesus Christ. When he was a young man, he wasn't well known. He would visit the headquarters of various groups that he was attempting to address their beliefs about. And he visit their headquarters to make sure he knew what he was talking about. And um, I'm about to tell a neat story. I like it. I, I just want to say, I didn't know who all is going to be here today. Okay? Prepare this thing. I haven't preached for three weeks. I've had a lot of time to prepare this. I did not know who was going to be here today. So don't. I don't want anybody feeling singled out. So he goes... He goes to the Watchtower Society, walks in their headquarters, they give him the grand tour, show him the publishing house and all the wonderful, nice people that work there. Before he left, he stopped at the receptionist's desk. And he asked the person sitting at that desk, can I read you some scripture? And he opened up Revelation chapter 1 and showed the person sitting there The context of chapter 1 is Jesus is speaking. And then he begins to read, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. He begins to pound the desk. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And then he just walked out. (laughs) Years later, years later, someone in one of his seminars stood up and said, I'd like to say something. And he usually didn't let people just kind of freestyle talk. He ran a tight ship in his meeting. But he let the guy talk. He says, I want to tell you how I got saved. I was at the receptionist desk at the Watchtower Society. And he told this story. He says, I went home and laid down and your voice was just pounding in my head. I'm the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I'm the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He says, I couldn't take it no more. I got out of bed, got on my knees, and gave my life to Jesus. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, Paul wrote, Without controversy. Can we say without controversy? Great is the mystery of godliness. It's great. It's a mystery, and it's a great mystery. We can agree on that without arguing. Can we not? Where do arguments on godliness and the Godhead come in? When people try to do away with the mystery. When they try to make sense out of everything. When they try to explain how God can be man, and God can be God. And they try to come up with concepts that explain it all and they wind up minimizing some scriptures while magnifying others. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. That's Jesus. Justified in the spirit. Seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. There's God, the Word made flesh. There's the Holy Spirit. It's not a controversy, it's a mystery. Let's pray. Lord, we want to receive you for all that you are, not what people say you are, but what your Word says you are. Be totally you in our hearts and lives in this congregation, in our community, and in our world. In Jesus' name, Lord, we recognize you for who you are. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Can the praise team come forward, please? would like to end the service by declaring who he is you, you are today for worship and the word with Generations Church. You may hear our radio broadcast again at the same time and station next week. If you do not have a church congregation to call home and you live near the Granbury area, we would love to invite you to come check us out some Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Our meeting facilities are located at 5718 East Highway 377 on the Fort Worth side of Granbury. And our website is at generationschurch.org.